Hey there, thanks for coming. Before we get started, just a few reminders. You can sign up for text alerts from me, Big Mama. You'll get insider text before anyone else with invitations to be a guest on the podcast. New episode releases, secret merch drops. Just text the word JOIN to 332-244-6262. Remember, you have to be at least 13 years old to join the text list. Have you already left us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts? No? What are you waiting for? Five-star reviews, especially with a comment, help the podcast to be found by other people. So do it now. Like, right now. Okay? Now. Hey, we're on the search for podcast guests. If you're a student, seventh grade or higher, who has ever seen, I don't know, some sus, moist behavior on Roblox or Discord, because, hey, who hasn't? Let us know. If we use your story in an episode, you'll get some merch. And don't worry, we'll never, ever, ever, ever use your real name or any other detail which might reveal your identity, because we're not idiots. You can either leave a voicemail at 332-244-6262 or email a voice memo to guests at bigmamashousepodcast.com. Thanks. Hi there. Welcome to Big Mama's House Podcast, a podcast for teens. I'm Big Mama. This is Season 2, Episode 0, the pilot for Season 2. Those of you who are fans of the podcast have probably already noticed a very significant change in Season 2. Season 1 focused on an adult audience, parents, schools. So why change the intended audience to just teens? Well... I've all but given up on the parents. I mean, not all parents, obviously. Let me explain. I travel all over the country presenting to live audiences, mostly at schools, to students, parents, and staff. When they hire me, these schools are making a massive effort to pay me. They coordinate resources and presentation spaces. The teachers disrupt their academic day, and the kids are forced to listen to the crazy lady. After I'm done presenting to the students, I take the data the kids shared with me anonymously and I create a 32-page report for the school. Then I take all that data and I put it into the parent presentation. And here's the important bit. The school's already scheduled the parent presentation and promoted it. Schools promote kind of a lot with flyers, emails, sandwich boards, automated phone calls, radio spots. I've seen schools use every creative promotional method to get parents to engage and show up for the event. But when the promotional flyer for the parent event arrives at home, and if mom or dad read the topics we're going to cover at the event, device addiction, sexual predators, cyberbullying, consumption of extreme content, mental health impacts... They read this and they can't imagine that their child is experiencing any of these things. Wrong. They think, this doesn't apply to my little kindergartner or third grader. Big mistake. By the way, the data which I've personally collected from students shows that the youngest kids, think third to fifth grade, are engaging in the riskiest behaviors and engaging in those riskier behaviors more often. But parents think, not my sweet baby, not my child, not my family. And then the night of the parent event arrives, and guess what? Maybe, maybe, if we're lucky, 1% of the parents who should be there actually show up. 
And this is when I lose it and get furious. I've been to schools where the student presentations cover 1,500 students and then 10 parents show up. The parents who didn't show up, the 99%, never got to hear the data and the statistics from their own kids, which show that these kids are suffering, that this generation is under more mental health pressure than any generation in history, that their kids are being preyed on, especially at very young ages. Gratefully, there are, of course, schools where four or 500 parents attend. Unfortunately, these overwhelmingly well-attended parent events are the exception. So while I am really and truly grateful for the intense support from the parents who do show up and are engaged, there just aren't enough of us. Your children are waiting for you to help them and they don't know how for you to help them. They're trying to figure it out themselves. They wanna to talk to you, but they're afraid to tell you what's really going on in their lives. We can't fix what we won't acknowledge. We have to name it before we can fix it. But by giving your child a smartphone, you've metaphorically swung open the front door of your house and invited in the entire world, the good, the bad, and the moist. As in the moist dude in the basement, talking to your kid and pretending to be a teenager. Yes, moist. I said moist. People hate that word. And that's why it makes me so happy inside. So attention parents who don't think they need to engage, I mean, chances are you're not even listening to this, but whatever. Here's what you're missing. Here's what you don't know. When I'm presenting at schools, consistently, individual students will wait to talk to me after I'm all done, and they'll come and ask me for help on something critical and very often soul-crushing. So far, I've had well over 500 of these student conversations, and too many of them become criminal cases. Just to be clear. The students who come to speak with me privately have been victimized and are asking for help on issues ranging from cyberbullying to device addiction to sexual predators to sex trafficking. And that's every single school I visit, public, private, Catholic, Jewish, wealthy, poor, urban, rural. Just for one example, at one large public school, uh, based on the conversations with the students, I made 23 referrals to law enforcement and 13 of them went on to become criminal investigations. One time I was at a Catholic school and I had an 11-year-old boy ask me for help because he hadn't slept for a month. He had seen something online, which a friend showed him, which scared him so much that he couldn't sleep. He explained it to me in detail. I still think about it more than a decade later. This child ended up being admitted to a pediatric psychiatric program for the treatment of PTSD, post-traumatic stress disorder, because he couldn't unsee it. He couldn't unwind that thought from his head, and he was suffering. And look, I joke around a ton, mostly because this topic can get super dark, and if you don't laugh, even at the uncomfortable, it can be hard to keep moving forward. But here's where I start, again, getting furious and flipping tables. When I get back to my home or hotel, it's all I can do to not put my fist through the wall. I can't escape the feeling that we're playing the fiddle while Rome burns, we're listening to the strings band while the Titanic sinks, we're arguing about which color fire extinguisher to use while the house burns down. Pick a metaphor, whichever one you like the best. That's why we're here right now. That's why season two of my podcast and all future seasons will be focused directly to the students, to teenagers. If we're going to make even the slightest dent in digital safety, we need help from a population who doesn't need to be, quote, convinced that there's a problem in the first place. They don't need to be convinced. 
Teenagers need no convincing because they're living this reality. They know they're at risk. They're already receiving threats from strangers. They've received inappropriate content and don't know what to do. They're going to school then not in their stomach because of whatever drama of the day is kicked off on social media. And here's the other stuff your kids, third grade through college, want parents to know. And by the way, they asked me to tell you. Your children want to spend more time with you. They want for you to see them, to care about what's going on in their lives. They want you to use your phone less to listen when they're trying to talk to you. They want you to stop posting about them on your social media or at least ask them permission first. They want you to stop asking them to pause a live game. This one is hilarious to me. It's live. They can't pause it because it's live. They'll do almost anything to avoid, quote, getting into trouble, including giving in to an online predator's threats. They want you to know that they're under immense mental health pressure. They want to stop being used as the world's scapegoat. The nonsensical idea that kids are the only ones struggling with device usage as if parents aren't just as addicted because clearly they are. And no matter what the news says, I'm here to tell you because I have a front row seat, that kids are trying. They're trying and they screw up, but adults are screwing up just as much and in some areas even more. It's disingenuous and disrespectful of us as parents to act as though our kids are the only ones doing this wrong. So here's the bottom line. Yes, parents, you're more than welcome to stay and listen, but buckle in because you may have some uncomfortable moments. For example, episode one gives teens some ideas for confronting parents who won't put their devices down. As for my new teen audience, if you've attended one of my live presentations, you already know it's going to get ridiculous. We'll laugh a ton and hopefully you'll learn some strategies to help yourself, your friends, and maybe even your parents. And here's a pro tip. Share an episode with your parents. It might help you start a difficult conversation. So, expect a new episode to drop every Wednesday. I'll be here for you, with you, helping you fight the good fight. Just please be careful and remember, avoid moist dudes in basements. Thanks. Thanks.